Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, whatever your insurance need happens to be, I turn to them for all of them. They may even be able to find you a bundle, really save you money. Because, look, you want to be properly insured, but you also don't want to be paying through the nose for insurance. And Purdy Insurance works as hard as they can to make sure that both of those goals are achieved. They take care of the policies. They update the policies for you. And when you need them and there's a claim, they go to work as if it happened to them. Great people who are great professionals. Purdy Insurance. Marcus Reed and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You hear that commercial about Kia's? Huh? Take a long look at that. Also a great service department, too. Whether it happens to be something you really need major or just routine work, routine repairs, routine maintenance. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Now, I know last night the Dodgers won 4-2. Good performance by Clayton Kershaw last night. They have a chance tomorrow night to win their first World Series championship since 1988. But the Game 4 ending, and I got back to the hotel literally just in time to see this on Saturday night. Here's the call of Joe Buck. Jansen. That was phenomenal. I'm sitting there in my hotel room. I'm watching this. I'm thinking, all right, let's see if Phillips can tie the game up. You know, not a great average. He hit 196 in the season. They picked him up from the Royals. He didn't hit over 200 with the Royals, and he didn't hit over 200 with the, with the Rays. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And when he lined it, you knew it was going to be a hit. So you're like, oh, good. Hey, they tied the game up. Then a Rosa Reina comes around third. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> And then the ball got past Will Smith. And Rosarena gets to the plate, and he's pounding that hand on the plate, and the Rays miraculously won. Last night, the Dodgers steadied the ship. Max Muncy had another big homer last night. Kershaw was terrific over five and two-thirds. And uh, they won it four to two. And now game six is tomorrow night. I mean, America wants to watch the Bears and Rams, and Major League Baseball knows it. Hmm, maybe not. All right. But they're not going to be a pretty good game tonight. In what realm? <laughs> oh, it's the, the, the the Chicago Bears in all honesty, the Chicago Bears are about as boring a football team as you can possibly watch. They're not flashy. I'll 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 say that. 
especially on offense. But you know what? When Nick Foles leading the way, you never know what okay. can happen. There's ex- they are as exciting offensively as backgammon. <laughs> All right, it's. First one to 20 wins that game tonight. And I might even have picked a lower number. First one to 13. Let's bring in Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. Frank, welcome. Great to have you with us. What was your view watching it play out start to finish? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? I expected some glitches and some unexpected even happenings. But I never envisioned a fourth quarter and overtime like what we saw i mean all the twists and turns and i'm still kind of trying to make sense of it all a little bit overload um and now you try to make sense of it and then immediately wait what they play ohio state now saturday <laughs> right so, yeah so good, much so much gosh. so much for easing in uh, uh you're qu- very quickly you're uh i know it, it they'll one of, part of this is, oh, it shouldn't have come down to that, but it it did. Was he in or out, in your opinion? And again, I know it's so close that I realize the stance is called is, is the bailout, but did you think he was in or out? You know, I think after I saw the replays, I think the, I mean, to me, it looked like the ball hit just yeah. an inch or two before the pylon, and yet, I'm not sure if I've ever seen a play where I'm thinking, yeah, I think he was out, but yet, it was such an incredible effort that yes, it was. I, I don't. I don't know. I, it shouldn't let that sway how I feel. But I mean, if you come down to it, I think he was out. But then, how do you over? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I do. But then, you know, here's the other thing, Steve. Did Lamont, did Lamont Wade get picked? Uh, uh, you know, illegally in the end zone on the right. on the tying on the touchdown right before that. Yeah, maybe I think he probably did. Was a Deesa Isaac's uh, face mask real? You know, we could go back and sure. choose different plays. I guess right now. Now I'll take three parts here, Frank. Mm-hmm. Penn State, ten penalties, a hundred yards. Absolutely atypical of a James Franklin team. Turning it over three times again. Atypical of a James Franklin team. Two missed field goals. Atypical of a James Franklin team. To me, Frank, they went if they if they normalize one of the three, they win the game. Not all three. One of the three. Yeah. I, again, I go back. I expected some glitches. So none of them on individually on their own accord really would upset me. It's the combination of so many of those errors, mistakes misgivings that's what i never would have thought of pandemic or not 10 months between games or not yep you know i mean one or two you're absolutely right not only do they overcome it but i expect a few of those what i'm really baffled by and really i guess interested to see how what comes next is so many problems and so i mean that's a lot I think a lot of it can be fixed, but it's also, in, in a sense, a lot to fix, especially in a week where, I mean, the nation's going to judge you again on Saturday coming up, whether rightly so or not. You know, you're staring at 0-2, and, and, you know, I, I expect them to give a really good effort, but that's a lot That's a lot to fix and a lot of personnel issues to kind of replace. Who would have thought you'd be down to your third-string running back and have your next best linebacker sitting out for 
part of the next game. Right, exactly. All right. Um, so, yeah, I know that you don't have Laketa the next game. I felt, I mean, I realized they just had a four and out, which was huge. Um, I realize, you know, but Lucetta wasn't in for that, obviously. But I felt in that last drive in regulation, I felt like that Lucetta's the kind of guy along with an Ellis Brooks. I feel like they stabilize the defense. What do you think? Well, you know what? Here's a th- I think I'm going to tell you two quick thoughts here. I think the defense, some people are really hard on their defense after this game, blaming them because, oh, the defense gave up the lead again at the end. Okay, well, I kind of have a different view of that in a sense. And kind of picking on Lamont Wade a little bit. And I think, um, you know, he's aggressive and that's how he plays. And I think he actually played really well. But mm-hmm. um, I think Lucetta's presence would have been known at the goal line. Yes. Okay, yeah. I really think that on those both of those two-point conversions and in the touchdown that they scored at the end of regulation, I think he could make a very – he he could have made a presence there. I kept thinking of him when Michael Penix is like waiting and bouncing off of right. bodies going into the end zone. Like Jesse Lucetta is arguably your best neck. Aside from Micah is not there. To me, Jesse's your best all-around linebacker at this point, and he's not in the game. And um, that definitely hurt. But that last drive, I mean, I never thought in my wildest thoughts that Michael Penix would suddenly go from where he was at to literally morphing into a combination of Tom Brady and Joe Montana. I mean, those from were tight, everything he could tight, hit. Tight windows, very tight windows he threw but into the last The guys are draped on him, too. I mean, yeah. if you go back on the replays, Penn State didn't back off. They no. kept pressuring him and hitting him. <laughs> I don't know how him and his receivers did what they did, to be honest. Well, this is, the, this is one of the bigger mistakes that um, – I think fans make emotionally when evaluating a game. I think the mm-hmm. biggest mistake fans make, and they're fans, but one of the right. bigger mistakes that they make when it comes to evaluating a game is the uh, the inability to give the other guy credit for making a play. Well, I give all the credit to him. I just didn't see it coming. So oh, when right. Devin right. Ford makes the right. mistake or whatever you right. want to call it, I really still thought that that wasn't going to really ultimately hurt them. They needed they needed two think. scores into the end zone to, to still tie. And people, you know, and he had not just been inconsistent, but Shaka Tony and that defense had just yeah. put him on the ground like three times and ran him into the sidelines, for God's sake. Right. On the, on the pre, you know, so to come back from that, I, I just, and, and, his credit, the final, the final play. I, I mean, you could go three different ways. How that—that that was one of the more incredible individual yes, efforts on no a play that I've witnessed in 26 years. When you can break it all down on his run. I mean, do I think he's short? I, to be honest with you, I'm 99.5% sure he's short. I mean, that's how sure I am. I thought he was short he's live. Sure. I thought he was short live. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was hard to tell yeah. from the TV. No, live, I thought but. he was short live. Right, mm-hmm. but the effort, and I mentioned this in the in the in the game broadcast. Regardless of what you think, if he's short or not, that was. I'm going to do everything I can. I give him all the credit of the world for just having the guts to go stretch it as far as he could. 
and to shift hands with the ball. Yeah. I mean, if he keeps it in his throwing hand, he can't, can't reach it. Can't reach it. No. <laughs> if he's an inch shorter, I think it's clear enough where he can't reach it. Right. So exactly. I mean, like I said, live, I thought he didn't make it. We're, you know, then I watched the replay and I knew he didn't make it. Uh, right. But it does, that that doesn't matter. It, if it had been ruled the other way, and Jack Ham and I both said this, if it had been ruled the other way where he was short and they reviewed it, they would not have confirmed the call. They would have said the same thing stands as called. Because in officiating, that's the bailout. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I mean, and the hard part is, is that, you know, the one thing in, in the last five, six years, usually when Penn State loses – it's just an excruciating fashion where you go picking the whole the whole day apart, and it's. Yeah. I think that's what makes it harder for fans is that um, they're often so close to you know a victory or or one that's really important, and when they lose, it's just oh my, it's they they never they don't lose in common ways. No, they do not lose in common ways. They they do not, and this is one of those, you look. They gained okay, so you gained four hundred eighty eight yards. Normally, that's a pretty good formula to put you on the path to victory. Okay. Uh, you give up, what, 220? Normally, that puts you on a path to victory. Only craziness creates this, and this game ended up being crazy. Yeah, and I think, you know, things get high. You know, I, I don't know if I've ever seen – maybe you you would know. I mean, has Penn State really ever been in that exact situation with Devin Ford over the years. No. I mean, you see no. it in games, but in their right. game, one of their games. Right. They? They've never been in that position where somebody lets somebody score. And then I look at I look at two professionals, Todd Gurley yesterday mm-hmm. and Ahmad Bradshaw in the Super Bowl, ironically in Indianapolis, when the Giants beat the Patriots. Remember how he tried to stop himself going into the end zone? Right. Because the right. Giants right. wanted to kill the clock at that point to win the game, and he went in and scored. Gurley tried to do the same thing yesterday. He scored. So even pros. I said earlier in the show that if Penn State is five yards further back at the 19-yard line, where all of a sudden he bursts through and then he gets to the five, he would have had plenty of time to put the brakes on and stop because the coach's box extends to the 15-yard line. And you notice okay. he, he tried to stop. He tried to yeah. stop, and he, and he just couldn't finish stopping. If they're five yards further back, he has the full time to stop. I mean, it's 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 interesting how like all these circumstances line up, and it's not quite right. No, I mean, and even lost sometimes in it is the, is the fact that they still almost won the thing in regulation sure. with a field goal. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Fifty-seven uh, yard field goal by Stout, and it was, uh, and we know he can make it. Um, but it, that time, that time, that one doesn't count. By when I say they missed two field goals, I don't count stouts. <laughs> no, my one question, and, and this is one, I, I, like, where is the cutoff point for when they take uh, Jake out and bring I, in? I, I know what it is. It's forty-nine and a half. Oh, is that seriously with Pinnaker? Yeah. So, in other words, if it's fifty or greater, uh, it's uh, it's Jordan. If it's inside of fifty, okay. it's uh, it's Pinnaker. So it's that that's the cutoff. Okay, well, I was curious about that. And, well, um, see, I'm glad it could be of some service today. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and I, you know, and and just everything gets, um, you know, examined more than probably it should individual things and decisions when you lose like that. Right. Um, you know, because 
I really thought that they would try to get five more yards closer than what they did for for Jordan, you know, and that's a tough call whether to do it or not. Right. But but all those little things add up and I think I guess it all in the end goes back if you if you play if you're if you're not if you play more disciplined and are not as sloppy with some things, none of that then ends up hurting you really in the end. You're or you can build on it but it doesn't cause you to lose. Right, and then you look at the the last drive at the end of regulation. They get twenty of the seventy five yards on penalties because of of the uh, the phantom face mask call and an offside call. Okay, but then you go back to earlier in the game, and Penn State had a fourth and one at the Indiana twenty five with you know what, what was there five minutes to go in the game, something like that. Yeah, right, about right? like that. Yeah, yeah, you got a fourth and one. Right, you've done a good job of like moving them off the line of scrimmage. They didn't get it. So there's been a lot of, you know, all this stuff adds up to craziness at the end. And, you know, now let's just see how how they can correct this. I yeah, and I think um, position-wise, you know, linebacker and running back, I think, are really going to be focal points in how they respond when you talk about individual positions. Because I never, no one envisioned they'd be down to Devin Ford and two rookies at running back. because. Right. People are so excited about this run game offensive line combination, and you know it's a tough position for two freshmen to be put in. Yeah, um, and at linebacker, where um, suddenly you know there's going to—I mean, you're dealing with Justin Justin Fields now, and you're dealing with him without even Jesse Lakeda for the first half. So right. you got to have young guys again. I mean, you're putting people. I mean, people are on the spot, and that's. Um, I'll be interested to see how they respond there. I think they're. To me, their defensive backfield might be one of the the brighter notes. From yeah, them. no, I agree. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of tight windows you had to throw into. Well, you're throwing into tight windows because there's good coverage. That's why it's a tight window, and to his credit, they executed it well. Frank, uh, will you will you make the trek up here on Saturday or? Yeah, I plan to. It'll be an interesting. That'll be another interesting experience. The whole atmosphere and what this will be like. And uh, yeah, but I do plan on come on coming up, sir. You know what's crazy about Saturday? I didn't even think about it. Like before the no. game, you think about it. Like there's no fans here. But then once the game started, I didn't really think about it. So mm-hmm. oh well. Hey, always, yeah. always a pleasure, Frank. Thank you so much, Thank my you. friend. Uh, good to be good to see you. I hope I get a chance on Saturday. Same so, here, you. Frank. Oh. Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. That That's true. Before the game, when you're driving in, and Jack and I were kidding about this because we went down in Jack's uh, car. And so we're driving down there. And, of course, you know, we, he said, what time do you want to leave? I said, between 11 and 11.30. So there shouldn't be any traffic. Which there wasn't. You know, so we drive down there. We get there. Uh, a little more than an hour. Pull into the parking lot. His name is on a list. Gives his name. We're in. There's hundreds of parking spaces to choose from. Picked one. That was it. So you notice it there. When you walk in the stadium, you look around. Nobody there. Now, before the game, when I usually get to a stadium, there usually is not anybody there. And we're usually there before the gates open. So that's not unusual. 
Yeah, and then you saw you know, some of the Penn State parents on one side, some of the Indiana parents on the other side. You noticed that. But then once the game started, there is not a point that I noticed that nobody was there. I feel the same way when I'm in the suit staff meetings. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Leon coming up at the final half hour today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. So is the playoff picture set in high school football? For the most part, yep. And we have one coming up next week. Sealands Grove and Shemokin meeting a third time in Sealands Grove because they won will be the home team this Friday night. And will Shickle and me be playing? Because, I mean, the fact that they are, I think, could mean Christmas money for somebody. <laughs> yes, they'll be playing Midwest. Oh, they'll be the favorite in that. Yes, and then Lewisburg is playing Hughesville. Oh, ooh, tough game. All right. We'll preview that Thursday here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, also at Sunbury Motors. So we got a lot going on today between Purdy Insurance and Sunbury Motors. Appreciate both of them very much, especially on Mondays with Purdy Insurance. You know, auto home life business insurance. They'll save you money. All at purdyinsurance.com. Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, pre-owned inventory. Remember the pre-owned inventory. They really go over that. And the great service department, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right. So the Eagles, of course, won on Thursday. The Steelers won again yesterday, 27-24. They are the only undefeated team left in the NFL. We talked extensively about Penn State today. I mean, when you go back, there have been 28 games since James Franklin became the head football coach where Penn State's gained 450-plus and the opponent's been under 250. Penn State, they never lost a game when that happened. It's also, the, you know, I was talking atypical of the combination of 10 penalties, three turnovers, two missed field goals. In James Franklin's tenure, that has never happened. Never. In fact, you even take out the two field goals, the 10 and three has never happened. And when you lose a game by one in overtime, it's that combination. You can go through, oh, they should have done this, they should have done this. But it's that to- the totality of it, of the 60 minutes plus the overtime, in the totality of it, that's what brought it down to one play. All right. Let's get to the Eagles. They won on Thursday night. 
They are now dominating the division. No. Quote, unquote. <laughs> I'm telling you, 6-9 and one's going to win it. Hey, as I said before, they're in the... They're in the driver's seat right now. As long as they keep taking care of their own business against Dallas Sunday, then the Giants in two weeks from now. Yeah, absolutely. Six nine and one wins it. And here's the here's what's really awful. This is where the NFL is going to change after this season. They'll change the rule. They host, oh, no question. They'll, 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 they'll host a playoff game. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, the champion will still get in, but you can't you can't host with that record. You can't. Yeah. No. I totally agree. I mean, that's Seattle, New Orleans. Yep. What was it, Seattle seven and nine? Correct. Hosted Seattle New Orleans. Won. Not Seattle knocked them out. Now there's no crowd. It's like the suit staff party. All right, so uh, let's uh, get to uh, <laughs> Matt Leon in Philadelphia. Matt, welcome. Always great to have you with us, sir. Okay, so um, the Eagles uh, put together a come from behind performance and beat the Giants. The other night, so six nine and one will probably win the division. Uh, but uh, what were your thoughts on what we saw from Philadelphia, especially in the comeback part, where they had to make some plays on the night where they seemed very listless? Yeah, no, I think you got to give you got to give Carson Wentz a ton of credit. Uh, you know, he kind of pulled that team late with those two late touchdown drives. Uh, now they never should have been in a position where they're down eleven to that Giants team. Uh, that's one conversation, but all that being said, uh, when it was time to make plays, Carson made them. And the last touchdown pass to Boston Scott, credit to Scott making the play, but you know that window's about Oof. six square inches that uh, what you know Wentz can put that ball uh, where Scott can make a play, he can stay inbounds, and the defender can't react. And Wentz did that in a huge spot, and you know you got to give him credit. So. There's a lot going on. I don't think the Eagles overall are a very good team. But interestingly enough, on offense, you're starting to kind of see signs of life uh, where some guys are emerging. Uh, I've been a nice – I've been a fan of Greg Ward since the middle of last year. I don't think he's an all-pro. but You know what he is? He's a nice inside receiver who catches the ball when it's thrown to him. Uh, he brings versatility. And now all of a sudden you're seeing this kid Travis Fulgham emerge yeah. as a big receiver, a guy who goes and gets the ball and makes plays. Because um, it's interesting. I don't think Fulgham against the Giants on Thursday night had what you would call a big game. Like he wasn't the guy you were really talking about afterwards. And then you look in the box score, he went five for 75. Mm-hmm. And – that kind of shows you that even when teams are starting to pay attention, he's making plays and still having an impact. So all of a sudden you've got those two guys together, Boston Scott, a compliment to a healthy Miles Sanders. Uh, the offensive line needs work. Wentz was running for his life, and one of the reasons they were in that spot is uh, they couldn't block. Now, a lot of that's injuries, but I think a lot of that is also – it's probably time to turn the page on some people, and uh, they've waited too long. So, you know, the defense, they force three turnovers, but I think a lot of the game they don't make plays. I think that's kind of what it comes down to in the big picture. Uh, I, well, let me put it this way. In the 
Two games the Eagles won. I think they've forced six or seven turnovers on defense. In the games that they've lost or the tie, I think they have one turnover forced and was on a punt return. (laughs) So it's not hard to see, you know, the correlation there that when the defense doesn't just play okay, when the defense actually – flips field, gives a short field, turns some things around, uh, they win. And the problem is they just don't do that consistently enough, and that's one of the reasons why they're sitting at 2-4-1. and one. Uh, But they have the best quarterback in the, in the division now by a wide margin. Yeah. And to me, that showed up big on Thursday night where – I don't know where where Daniel Jones is going to go. I think he's a decent NFL quarterback down the road. But Wentz Wentz is uh, somebody that I think you walk into the building thinking you've got one of the best players on the field to start with. Oh, no, no, I agree. I think uh, as far as the division, it's it's not close. It's Wentz and then it's everybody else. That's with Prescott um, injured, obviously. Uh, Because I'm genuinely surprised how bad Andy Dalton looked. Uh, the last couple weeks before he got hurt uh, against Washington. But uh, I really thought that he would be able to manage that ship and they'd still be a a force offensively. But, uh, no, I mean, I think, you know, when you've got the best quarterback, that is a big place Mm -hmm. to start, you know. Uh, And and Wentz has played bad. I mean, he was not good the first couple weeks. And what you have seen, I think, has been a steady rise in the level of his play. And once again, it's this bizarre thing where it seems like the more they get beat up on offense, the more he is throwing to more pedestrian names, the more he seems to come through. So, you know, I I think this is the direction we're going to see for the for the rest of the season. Uh, I would be surprised if we saw the Sean Jackson again uh, this year, uh, given that getting hurt late on that punt return. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, I feel like Every week around midweek, they talk about this could be the week, and then within 48 hours, they say he's not going to play. So I don't know how much you expect from him. Uh, so I think you're going to see Wentz, uh, you know, get used to the guys he's got, and this will probably be the gang going forward. Well, it's it's a Washington out of nowhere took apart Dallas yesterday. I mean, took them out, took them apart. Anyway. Yeah, no, it was a they they steamrolled them. That was not a coincidence. I mean, to be honest with you, it's actually, to me, I know what the, what the Eagles' record is. But Washington could end up being the second-best team in the division because of no Dak Prescott. Oh, absolutely. And don't forget, Washington's got the tiebreaker over the Eagles right now. At the moment, yeah. that, that opening, I mean, I know they play again, but, you know, that, that second-half collapse could end up looming big. I mean, you knew it wasn't good at the time, but the way things are playing out, um, I think Uh, Like I said, I'm really surprised how much Dallas just fell off a cliff. Um, And it's more of a credit to Dak Prescott, a guy that people – that probably doesn't get enough credit. And his probably – the biggest statement about how good Dak Prescott is is probably the last two weeks when he's been hurt. Yeah. More than anything he's done on the field, you take him out of there and you look how they have just collapsed offensively. And – you know, now I I don't know. I mean, the 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 hit was scary with Sandy Dalton. Uh, I don't know what his status is going to be going forward. I was just happy to see him be able to to walk off with help because at first that really looked frightening. Uh, you know, now Ben DiNucci, uh, you know, a kid from the CAA who was drafted in the seventh round. I don't care who you're throwing for. What's the ceiling there? Uh, yeah. So it. You look at Dallas and you look at the Giants. 
and you just don't see a lot of W's coming up. So I think the only two teams that the arrows pointing up are the Eagles, and I agree with you, Washington. And I think it's basically going to come down to who can who can steal a game or two out of the division that they're not supposed to. And the Eagles already have one, and that Niners win. Danucci actually played against Penn State when he was a pit. Few plays. Yeah, because he transferred to JMU. Am I making that up, or am nope. I correct? Nope, he transferred. Yeah, that. no, because yeah. Kenny Pickett was there, and he tra- he transferred out. Uh, Antonio Brown, Bruce Arians had a great comment about Antonio Brown. He says, if he complains about touches, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> I think that's the kind of coach he needs. That yeah. looks, I think that's what he needs to look and say, hey, look, no whining, moaning, and complaining. Play ball. Yeah, and I think you look at what Tampa's doing. I think they see they've got a window of a year or two with Brady. And let's go anything it takes, you know, just keep throwing it against the wall. Uh because, I mean, you look, they picked up Leonard Fournette. Now they picked up Antonio Brown. Yep. You know, Mike Evans. They've obviously had Mike Evans, who's been kind of a bit player. I, I only know this from fantasy football. I think he's been dealing with some injuries that, you know, right. he's not quite the Mike Evans you're, you're used to. But bringing Gronkowski back, you know, you can see that they're just trying to throw it all into a, a limited window with, you know, where Tom Brady, who still, mm-hmm. I don't want to – Still playing at a very high level, but eventually, you know, that window is going to close, uh, and they're they're throwing everybody in there. I don't know, Antonio Brown. <sighs> if it doesn't work here, it isn't going to work anywhere. Exactly. Kind of, kind of to your point. Like there have been a lot of warning signs. You know how he's reacted in other situations. Uh, if he can't fly in formation here and be a contributor, then this will be the last hurrah. I'll give you the quote that uh, Bruce Arians gave to Peter King of NBC Sports. He's talking about Evans. Mike never complains. I'll just use that word instead. Mike never complains. I love Mike. Today he didn't touch the ball until the fourth quarter. He just wants to win. Chris Godwin, same way. Gronk, same way. If AB's not that way, then we're going to have a problem. Uh, And, again, because Gronk's won, so he gets it. Godwin, of course, I know. So believe me, I can tell you, no uncertain terms. Godwin never complains as long as you're. If you're winning, that's what Godwin wants to do. That's Chris. And then Mike Evans has been aching to be on a winner. So if this yeah. is what it takes, I mean, that's what it takes. And the, Antonio Brown, for all the great things he's done, the only time the Steelers made the Super Bowl when he played, he was a bit player. Mm-hmm. When he's been a primetime player, haven't made it. And let's face it, he's going to be what wide receiver four there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So you know he's not coming into a, a situation. It's an offense that's desperately in need of play playmakers. Uh, they've got receivers. I mean, they've got a kid who was a star at Penn who's been banged up in Justin Watson. Who, if he could have, if he wasn't dealing with some health issues with his, I think it's his shoulder. He's probably. You know, wide receiver four or five now, and the kid. They've just got a lot of talent, a lot of skill position talent. So if he doesn't understand, he's coming into a, a situation to, you know, be there when called upon and to smile when not. Then it's not going to last long. Always a pleasure, my friends. Always great to hear you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Talk to you next week. Absolutely. Matt Leon in Philadelphia. We'll wrap it up. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Whether you're cheering for L.A. or Tampa Bay in the World Series, you'll hit a home run with a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. 
like a champion at SMC. Hurry in now and check out the 2020 Kia Fortes. Sunbury Motors Kia has them starting at $17,998. Under twenty grand for a brand new car. Sunbury Motors also has 24 2020 Kia Seltos available. You have to check out this hard-to-find, small-sized, all-wheel drive crossover. All prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Tampa Bay Rays, L.A. Dodgers. No matter who wins the national title, you'll be the big winner with a new Kia. From Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Ohio State will be Saturday, 7.30, Beaver Stadium on beginning at 6 o'clock. Maryland on November 7th will be a 3.30 kickoff at a 2 o'clock airtime for the Maryland game. That will be on BTN, by the way, and on the Penn State Sports Network. Received a series of notes here from the suit who watched Booth Cam. It's... I still have yet to see this. i got to find it. Well, I mean, you can watch live on but Saturday see, I, night. I, I didn't even know that you can watch live from the Indiana game, or I would have. Yeah, no, it's... Um, and now he wants booth cam for Shikolami. <laughs> of course he does. Said something about this, this as a great opportunity to enhance my brand. Referring to himself. I'm trying to think what his brand is. I thought being branded as the suit was enough. Oh, well. Obviously, big task in front of them. The odd part about watching Ohio State-Nebraska is the game was really relatively close in the first half. Uh, Nebraska gave up rushing yards. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, Ohio State gave up rushing yards, especially in the first half. And Ohio State in the first half of the game, really, Jack and I were surprised. They struggled running the ball. Fields didn't struggle at anything. He ran the ball well, and he was 20-21. It's always enjoyable to put down on your spot chart. Completion percentage, 95% you get. Alave, really good. I've always liked Garrett Wilson anyway. Alave, I think, is special NFL type of receiver. Decent tight ends. I mean, but he really went to the two wideouts primarily. Wilson and Olave were the two he went to more than anything else. Didn't really use his backs that much. Didn't have to. But as usual, he's accurate. That's what's interesting about him. As usual, he's accurate. I still think, with all due respect to Jake Fromm, I think if Georgia had made the move to field to quarterback because he has that element of movement in his game, it would have changed the dynamics of, of Georgia football even more so. Uh, it was just one of those where, look, I understand you've got a veteran. It is a problem when you have a veteran because you're looking at it saying, okay, you know, do we make the move? And I know he was just a freshman then. And obviously, you know, they tried to use him on the fourth down play in the SEC championship game. I mean, I understand all that. 
and of course it failed. But you kind of wonder, you know, if they had made the move to him sooner. And this is only because when I look at him, when I look at Fields versus Fromm, and Fromm, look, Fromm's really good, smart. But you know what? I mean, Georgia didn't win any games when he attempted 30 passes or more in a game. They were really ground-based. They really needed to have an X factor to get them over the top in some of these bigger games and didn't have it. But this is now, they've been to the college football playoff, albeit once. It's amazing how you get there once and people think of you as an elite program. But this is a, you know, no whiteout. You know, I was kidding with the Ohio State guys. I said, if you want, I said, you know, make it feel better. Jack and I will wear white. <laughs> uh, but that's – so you lose the atmospherics, the whole thing. You are playing home. They do have to travel. But they're not going to have any trouble, for example, when it comes to uh, signals. They wanted to do silent count, you know, they always do the hand clap thing. Well, guess what? You can hear that loud and clear in a relatively empty stadium. When I say relatively empty, because parents will be allowed to be there, I think. I believe that's the deal here. Um, it is. Um, that's. I keep going back to the Aaron Rodgers example. He was able to go to the Superdome and get and draw them off three times. With hard counts, well, you can't do that in a Superdome in a normal circumstance against the Saints. The play's going crazy, and that you know that's not going to happen. But now everything's completely different, and you're playing in empty stadiums. Now the Mertz kid for Wisconsin, who had a phenomenal game on Friday night, evidently tested positive for COVID. Now they're doing the PCR test because. There's uh, Wisconsin is starting to think that it's potentially a false positive. We'll have to find out because he was phenomenal Friday night. Now, Illinois played about as poor defensively, as poorly defensively as you can ask a team to play. To the point where you sit back and say, hey, he's an offensive genius. I mean, a defensive genius. Egad. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance Market Street. Somebody go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home Life Business. They save you money. They make sure you're properly insured. They're the pros, pros, and insurance. Market Street and Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hubble's Wharf. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570 286 5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you.